1: Throwing me back to your psychedelic days Q&A? Oh
0: yeah, I love it I actually love that type of music It really uh, makes me makes me Remember my high school years to be honest
1: There you go Well hopefully you don't mind this I've been doing a lot of thinking while you've been talk- Doing a lot of talking recently about rugby league When I say recently I mean over the last few while And mm. Actually it, it kind of just came to me All at once What rugby league in New Zealand and the position It itself finds itself in um, What it actually reminds me of and once I started thinking about it, it all kind of made sense. So, would you would you let me wax lyrical for a bit? 100%. And then I'll get your take on it. Go hard. All right. Bear with me. <clears throat> well, uh, this is where I'm going to start, funnily enough. After years of listening to Kempi and recently being sp- exposed to the way rugby league in New Zealand is administered both at professional level with the Warriors and domestically by New Zealand rugby league, it's fair to say... The sport is at its lowest point in multiple terms, but definitely in the stakes of retaining talent. The great brain drain is a familiar concept to New Zealand. We've lost talented Kiwis for years to bigger, richer, more powerful and experimental nations. Certain sports, though, we could hold high. We could celebrate as world beaters thanks to for the best people in the world staying and flourishing in their certain profession. New Zealand racing was once like this. We were a powerful international competitor, with horses being bred, trained and raced here frequently, travelling offshore to claim the riches from Australia, to Ascot, to Hong Kong, from Japan, everywhere. That's not the case anymore though, as our industry has shrunk and transitioned. Almost all of our elite equine products, human and horse, are exported at a rapid rate to find a bigger pond and become a bigger fish. Right now, the state of rugby league in New Zealand is at a similar place to New Zealand racing, if you think about it. If you neglect the fact that racing still generates well over a billion dollars a year to our economy, we are, now not, we are now essentially reserve grade at best. I'll paint some similarities for you, and you can have a think and make your own mind up. Let's start at the start. Our schools are being pillaged for the next Sunny Bo Williams by Australian scouts with money, fame, and a brighter future on offer. The ability to put their names up in lights in the biggest arenas and the biggest games available. Just like our horse sales, breeders now in New Zealand crave and desire an Australian, Asian, and further markets to pursue and snap up our best juvenile equine talent because there is no longer a market here in New Zealand. The landscape is completely lopsided as the growth of racing offshore left us for dust. It was just the reality. Warriors players... Who show up, who showed promise but didn't reach their full potential to only flourish offshore. How many can you name off the top of your head? The names are genuinely endless. And this week Ali Katoa has been the fuse lit underneath us all again as deja vu washes over us. You know what it reminds me of? Talented but inexperienced racehorses in New Zealand that show a glimpse of ability, rate up to spec, run time that pings the algorithms, and before you know it, the offers come flying. Very elegant, the most famous recent horse that to be bought and raced to fame offshore. But there are all sorts of levels we see it at. Wolverine, Mr. Brightside, Crosstalk, Bold Mac, literally just cherry picking some recent examples. But the list is as long as you have time to look. Much like where the Warriors are heading. Often these horses don't make it to the races here in New Zealand because they're swooped on swooped on, and taken to Australia in the flash of an eye in an impressive trial, a trip to the trials, or maybe one or two of them. Don't think that club footballers and rep grade juniors aren't being plucked from our local reserves and parks every weekend for a chance in Aussie. It happens. I've heard Kempi, I've heard people speak about this week in, week out on our show. I guess the major difference here is... Racing in New Zealand has gotten itself to a place where these things are often celebrated. Careers are actually built. Money is actually made. It's an economy itself. It's a business model that although saddens me, we aren't a top-line racing nation in our own borders anymore, it works for the industry. It makes sense. We fit. For Rugby League, maybe we'll end up there eventually, in that place that makes sense, and be able to say that. Admit we are promoting a business model that sustains an industry in Aotearoa, but contributes to the flourishing and booming ones offshore. Right now we're not there, because I read your messages and I hear the anguish in Kempe's voice about how our professional team and our domestic pathways are blowing in the wind, pillaged, demoralised, broken. There seems to be zero plan of admission from within, but a vague murmuring from the outside that things are closer to life support than livelihood. As it stands, we are reserve grade at best. We are a feeder nation. We might be the best feeder nation in the world, but regardless, to me, from where we've come, that's
0: extremely disturbing. Mate, that's really good. (laughs) That is really good. And I've been taking some notes where you've been saying that and cross-referencing some of the horse talk alongside the league talk. And I've got one question here. Are we happy to be a reserve-grade feeder team in a National Rugby League competition? You look at the uh, Karaka sales, for instance. So like we do around the country, we parade our best athletes for all the NRL clubs to come over and look, just like they do at the Karaka sales. So they prepare them all year, these yearlings and these two-year-olds, three-year-olds, they bring them up and they sell them to the highest bidder. And, and that's what the Melbournes and the Sydney City team do. And not only that, when you're talking about these these um, trips to trials, you know, so let's see if they can trial up and they can go all right. Well, they make trips to New Zealand and, and Sydney City do this where they get ex-players come to New Zealand and, and get our best athletes out, school kids, train them up and then bring them along to um to see whether or not they're fit enough to go and play over in that Sydney competition. And they don't just go, right, you're in the NRL. Then they put them into stables. So you, you look at Chris Wallace's stable, very elegant. You know, it comes out of that beautiful part of, of New Zealand called Taranaki. He's just walking around in a paddock down there, and all of a sudden we've got the best horse in the world running around in ascot over in England in front of the Queen. Well, the same thing happens over here. They pick him up, and they go, they go, all right, so let's put him in Kibra High. Let's put him out of Marrickville in West Sydney, mm. you know what I mean? And and what watch and wait until these Sonny Bill Williams players come through and That's become right. the best players in the world. So the analogy that you're using is so, so similar to what's going on in New Zealand. And, Louis, to be honest, the NRL really need to own this because it's a problem that I can't see going away overnight. I can't see it's a problem that the Warriors can fix, and it's definitely a problem that our national body can't fix because we can't fix ourselves to start with. Um, but for the NRL to allow this type of, I guess, pillaging to happen when we really need to strengthen the game here in New Zealand, because if we don't strengthen the game here in New Zealand, then we do have a development problem and, and recruitment problem that the Australians and the NRL system know about. And, and Mr Abdo knows that. He's a very, very smart man. So I'm hoping that, you know, one day the NRL stop this parade ring of athletes just waltzing out the front door on a jet plane into high schools over in Australia and becoming the Sonny Bill Williams for other people.
1: Yeah, and I hope I explained it enough and you kind of got where I was saying, well, the differences in racing, they made an industry of it in itself. They are, they embrace it now because they have to. We don't pretend like we can contend. We provide this equine product, James, James McDonald, Chris Wallop, human, and then equine,
0: well, see, and that's your point. So the the, the question is, are you happy that's being right. a reserve-grade yeah. feeder team when as the Warriors to the National Rugby Trying League Trying to then
1: compete with them in the same
0: competition. When they're taking all of your superstars overseas to play for other fifth, the other 15 franchises.
1: Do we just have to completely reassess what we're doing with Rugby League in New Zealand where we're at? And as I seed it up, the brain drain, it's not new, but it is sad in this instance. There you go.
0: Best podcast I've had, definitely. Wow.